Welcome, welcome, welcome to TX Forever. Welcome, I'm your host. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with Miniature Carly. <laughs> I'm here with Neck Brace Carly and yeah. New York Monica. New York Monica. I like that your defining quality is neck brace and mine is New York. <laughs> Pretty much all we've all we have to go off of. I know. We're very uninteresting people, Monica. We are. We're just quite <laughs> boring. But this will make us more exciting, I think. I think we have plenty of excitement going on <laughs> these yeah. days. Carly and I'm Monica and this, and this is, is Texas, Texas Forever. Forever. So hey Panthers. Hey guys. Hope y'all are having an excellent morning or afternoon or evening. I guess you can yeah. listen to this podcast whenever whenever you want. A year from you now. Damn Who please. Knows? So <laughs> <laughs> um but we just want to tell you a little bit about our 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 new buddy that we have to show you guys today. Yes, we Real buddy. sat down and had some chitter chatter with Buddy Garrity. <laughs> we did. Uh, we're so excited to share this. And it was so funny because I remember right before, you know, Carly and I made this Google Doc. We like practice. We took this very seriously. Y'all, we, were we were organized so as hella. As hella. And so we practiced and everything. And then I, I went downstairs. I was with my mom at our lake house. And I was like, you know, if it's five minutes, it'll be great. And it ended up going like way better than we expected. Well, and we were <laughs> for kind many of, reasons. We, we didn't really know what to expect. It was like our yeah. first big um, interview with a, yeah. like a real um, A-list cast member. And Brad Leland has appeared in lots of other stuff that, that we know. You know, he's... He's no small fish. No. And um, um, I'm sorry, just a minute. Here comes the trash. <laughs> Wait, I can't turn my head. I have to use my camera just a second. Let me see if they're just driving past or unloading. <laughs> Is that what you've been doing? It's yeah. like your rear view. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Good, they're just driving past. Um, yeah, I was watching Veep yesterday because Mal and I were were like, oh, I miss the show. It's so funny and so relevant with an election coming up. And then Buddy Garrity was in it. <laughs> I was like, I forgot he's like a special right. guest in this one. And too. he mentioned it when we were chatting and I felt yeah. bad because I still have not watched Veep. Oh, so funny. That would be a good binge for you. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. super high on my list, especially after I finished West Wing. And, or well, I, I didn't finish West Wing. I stopped before they changed showrunners, but... Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so we didn't really know what to expect interviewing our first sort of A-list um, dude. And, yeah. you know, we went through his agent and and we had a very specific amount of time allotted. And we weren't sure if he was going to kind of clock in and clock out, you know. Um, right. We, we were sort of prepared for any, any level of interaction or whatever he was able to give us. But he ended up being the absolutely most charming and sweet adorable man we had a blast talking we were laughing our heads off together and he just totally floored us in in how charming and and amazing uh he was and how much he was willing to talk to us how much fun it seemed like he was having talking to us and and all the stories he was able to give us so we're just so excited to share this with y'all 
It went better than we could have possibly imagined. Yes. And then we also have a a double, double surprise for you. (sighs) Something special happened at the end. So do not tune out in the middle of this episode, you guys. Something a little special happened at the end. I'll let Monica tease it. Yeah, so we're sitting there and we're nearing the end. Um, Well, and I also just wanted to mention, like, you know, of course, I'm stressed out because my sound wasn't super good. And then I'm just like, just praying that it's recording. I'm like texting my family to be like, pray that this is recording because (laughs) like this won't happen again. Um, And then Carly and I are like on the Google Doc. I'm like, should we skip ahead? Like, because I, you know, I'm worried about time. And then we mentioned it to him. He's like, oh, girls, I got plenty of time. Like, ask me all your questions. So it was so sweet. He answered literally everything that we wanted. And um, but then toward the end, he gets this phone call and he's like, girls, do you mind if we if I take this? And, you know, we're thinking like it's his wife or something. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not his wife. And that's all we'll say. Yeah, it was yeah. not his wife. It was not his wife. <laughs> Anyways, we are so excited to introduce the charming, hilarious, and delightful Brad Leland, who plays Buddy Garrity. Yes, this is our, this is the first in our interview series called TX Talks, so um, please enjoy. We're starting it off with a bang. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) All right. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't Can't lose. lose. Yes, yeah, so I'm doing a little a little Jason Street. I actually just got out of spinal cord rehab, just like Jason. <laughs> well, you are a trooper. I oh, you are thank you. Oh, and you're smiling. <laughs> I, I, love, I love you automatically. Oh well, thank you. You're, well, you're, you're an astronaut. <laughs> you're, you're getting an ast- it's like a very cosmic astronaut. But um, you know, I I hope that uh I hope everything's okay and, and it's going to come out. Thank you. Um, you know, I, you're obviously, obviously a warrior in, in, in your mind, <laughs> Thank you. mind and your heart. So that's, that's kind of, uh, that is ironic because here we it's are been, talking about a show, which is oh, I all know. about heart. So, well, it's been crazy. You. So I actually, I had cancer when I was 16. And so part of our, you know, part of this podcast we've been discussing, we went to a small high school in Texas and a lot of, a lot of the things that we've been discussing as we watched the show are kind of how my cancer affected our community and how similar it was to Jason Street's injury in in their community. And then um, I unfortunately had a recurrence uh, two or three weeks ago and that's why I had spinal surgery. Um, So it was, you know, bad news and unfortunate, but the the parallels have just been <laughs> a little beyond comprehension. <laughs> just uncanny. Well, they are, and you are beyond comprehension. So well, I, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry it's recurred, but I I just wish you you're Carly, right? I am, yes, yes. And Monica, Monica's your partner. Yes, this is Monica, yes. Hi, Monica. Yes, hello. <laughs> well, it's so nice to finally meet you. It's nice to meet you guys. And now you, you said a small high school in Texas. Yes. Yeah, so Monica and I grew up together, childhood best friends since we were six or eight. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Again, we grew up in Texas and then went our separate ways in, in college. And I went to Colorado. Monica went to Belmont and um, she works in music production and I work in film production 
And so we decided to kind of merge our expertises and um, dig into our favorite show. Well, that's so cool. What little town? Because I bet I'll know it. Well, know it was not little. It was Fort Worth. <laughs> oh, yeah. But our little, our little high school, our yes. little bubble was small. Was school small. within a big city. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I did a, a, a football movie in Fort Worth just uh, just last year with some guys from All Saints. And, oh yeah, uh, we know. Um, because Thomas Cutzler is yes. a, is a good friend of ours. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love Tom and Rob Smat and all those guys. Oh yeah. They're the best. And I, I remember when that was being filmed because another member, I think he was on the crew, maybe he was a grip or something, but um, I don't know if you remember Andrew Mitchell. Yes. I do remember Andrew. Oh, okay. So he's my cousin actually. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I remember when all that was being filmed and, and how much fun they had on set for that. Oh, we did. We shot the whole, what, the whole movie in 14 days. Oh, wow. wow. It's unbelievable to do that. And that's uh, amazing. It was wonderful. You know, we almost never ran over. It was like it's 10 or 12 hour days. And, and, and that's not too bad, you know. Oh it's, yeah. Oh my god. Some world, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I Carly, I wish you all the peace. Oh, thank you. Peace that passes understanding is what they say. Yes, so. thank you. I love that. Well, and funnily enough. Somebody got <laughs> Scott Porter to record a really sweet message for me as well um, of encouragement. And so that was really fun and uplifting too. And so, yeah. So now you are, yeah, you're really close now. You're, yeah, you're, soul we're <laughs> you're soulmates in a way. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. It was really sweet of him. Very cool. Um, great. So, so we're going to dive, we're going to dive in. We've got a little bit of an agenda for you. I'll let do. Monica go ahead. Yeah. So okay. everyone, we've got we've got our first cast member on the show. We're so excited. We have Brad Leland, Mr. Buddy Garrity. Um, so everyone, welcome our new actual I buddy. Ever needed you, buddy? <laughs> buddy, you know now <laughs> I really do, buddy. Buddy, Don't ever let me start. There you are. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> we thought that'd so be that's perfect. What we play. Yeah, we play that for all of our guests, and we thought it would be perfect for um, Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> perfect for Buddy. And I, I wore this hat for you guys, too. Oh, I love uh, that. Because yes. here we are. You know, we are we are beyond the lights, but not really, because here we are still talking about it. Exactly. It's been 10 years, over 10 years since we finished right. shooting, and here we are. So. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, we're, well, we're hoping that, um, you know, our little podcast brings back Friday Night Lights explodes it again exactly <laughs> why not right <laughs> it really never gets old to tell you the truth that we um we, you know we cherish the time that we had with it and mm -hmm. certainly love the fact that it's it's still on it's never been off and here it yeah. goes all over the world we get you know we get fan mail from all over the world of people who are just now discovering the shows so. really well, and now with Peacock and it moving to Peacock, we're kind of hoping we get a little, a little, a little bit of a boost, a little revival. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I and I think I think we get even more. You know, I I get these cameos all the time mm -hmm. uh, from everywhere, and they are many people who've just now discovered it. You know, they thought they were told, oh, it's a you know the women didn't like it because oh, it's a school. <laughs> they about think it's football. Right, yeah. It's only football. You know, you know, obviously not. Right. Um, and so um, it's 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 wonderful to to have that. It's continuing, and we love it. So yeah, new fans, talk and old fans hanging in there, and 
Yes. And, uh, you know, we it never gets old. It really doesn't. It's true. And it, it's even watching it, you know, 14 years later after it started, it's just, it's still so relevant. And we talk about a lot on the show how it really democratized television. I mean, everyone mm -hmm. has their voice, um, you know, as as much as the uh, football players are highlighted, the the mom off the field is highlighted the most. Or yeah. the same. Everybody's as well. story gets told, in, um, and and like you, you can watch a single episode, and it's every episode isn't really about one person. You know, everybody has everybody's story matters. Everybody's story is important. And uh, there's a great article by we've talked about it on the show before. I think it was by the Atlantic that talked about how Friday Night Lights really helped democratize or at least invented that style of, of democratizing TV to where like everybody, every character's story really matters. Um, but first of all, we're going to start off and just tell our listeners how we made this connection. So um, okay. our uh, childhood friend, I guess at this point, high school is childhood. Um, but our friend, shout out to Thomas Cutzler, who was uh, one of the producers on The Last Whistle, which was, um, the film that was made in Fort Worth that starred Brad Leland. Um, and we just want to thank Thomas for that connection. We're so excited to be here with Brad today. And so we basically just kind of went through your Wikipedia and, and, and we just have a couple questions for you. The first of which is, um, according to Wikipedia, it says that one of your favorite filming experiences was The Last Whistle. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit about that show and about your experience filming that? Well, I can tell you that, uh, you know, it was one of those incredible things that happens where an actor gets a call like two weeks before they're about to begin filming <laughs> and, and says, we want you to play the lead in our picture. And I was like, well, you, you know, what, what picture, <laughs> uh, right. you know, send me the script. So they sent me the script. Uh, of course I loved it. And, um, I thought, you know, this will be fun. I, I absolutely never thought about playing a coach, especially after all those years of Friday Night Lights and and just, you know, just thought, well, you know, that's that's that for football, for me, for my career. Mm -hmm. But then to have the chance to actually play the coach, which, I mean, after all, Buddy always wanted to be the coach, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. We don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But he thought he was anyway. Right. So, uh, so it was, it was just a wonderful thing for me. And after I read it, I said yes. And and within you know just a week after all of this happened, we were shooting. And and like I said, we shot the entire picture in 14 days, which was wow. incredible. Wow. And Rob asked me. He said, Brad, is there anything special you would like? Uh, and and I and I thought of something. And and it certainly was uh, taken from another. Uh, another great director, one of the great directors of all time. And I stole this from Quentin Tarantino. But I, said, <laughs> I said, you know, uh, Rob, I, and I knew it was going to be a very young group. Um, most of the people had just graduated from USC or many of them just a couple of years before. Mm -hmm. So they were, they were all not new to the business. Well, they were not new to the, to the filming and to the, to, to the truth of making a film, but, but right. they were sort of new to really making, to really doing it. And, uh, and so um, I said, you know, it, I, I really would love it if, if no one had a cell phone on the set. Oh, I and like we, that. You know, which is what 
And that's what Tarantino does. And because when we're, we're doing a film, why are we on our cell phones? Right. You know, we don't need to be. Now, maybe the producers do. And maybe mm-hmm. somebody involved with the cast needs to be on the phone, of course. Because, But but what we would do is that we would step outside. So there was not a cell phone on the set. Which Interesting. Which made people actually talk to each Seriously. other. And sing songs. Yeah, right. And, and interact and, and develop and their relationships. Talk about our jobs. And so that was one of the most important things to me and then to have everybody do it and and you know how all of us not just the young people but all of us live with that device in front of our face all the time so yeah to actually be on a set where you didn't have a cell phone and we could concentrate on the work and and trying to you know to make a film like we used to and uh you know there weren't cell phones and we people used to uh, talk to each other and, <laughs> right. and have a good time on the set so we we really became close friends for that and and i think the work was better because of it so mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that was important to me and then you know being in fort worth it was important in in that my my daughter not only uh, went to TCU oh. just recently oh graduated. wow yeah, oh, my my little brother is a horned frog as well. We're a big TCU yes. family. <laughs> yes, we're these. Uh, oh, out of boy. They do this. You know, right, I right. do this mostly because I'm a Yes, I hear you're a raider, <laughs> yeah. I can do this, believe it or not. I mean, you know, they were so sweet to us in Austin, right. I have to do this. But, um, but anyway, the, uh, the, the point I was trying to get to, I guess, was this, just that, um, um, I don't know, where was I? Uh, just, <laughs> Oh, being in Fort Worth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my uncle was a my uncle was a famous TCU football player from back oh, in the wow. 30s. He, he oh, was wow. actually the, he was actually the, the the fastest man in the United States in 1930, I believe it was 34 or 35. Oh my his goodness. Name, his name was Cy Leland, which is where I got my middle name, which is why I Your middle name is Cy. It's Leland. No, my Last middle name name's Williams. Leland. I knew that. Oh, Leland. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, gotcha. Um, so yeah, so uh, Uncle Cy was the fastest man in America at that wow. time, nine six hundred <gasps> in the nineteen thirties, which is flying. Oh and my he gosh! Was the running back, and he was the um, he was the uh, the leading rusher in the United States that year with seventy seven point two yards per carry. Oh, wow! And these wow. Are, so I had this. We had this Fort Worth connection. My grandmother and granddad had lived there, so um. It was wonderful to go to Fort Worth, which to mm-hmm. me is, is one of the great little big cities in Texas. I mean, yeah, it's a small town because it's so friendly. It's so so different than it Dallas. Is. And- it is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We love Fort Worth, and and obviously, you know, Dallas. It's a big difference, you know. They, yes. The, feeling, the people, and it just feels people are just more friendly yeah and uh, there's just something that's wonderful about Fort Worth not that I I don't like Dallas for lots of reasons but yes no Fort Worth definitely has yeah. something all special charm. to it I don't know what else I can tell you except I mean you know no, you that's perfect seen, if you haven't seen the picture it's uh it's a nice little picture and I think it's probably still on Netflix or, or yes it's on Netflix I've heard great things we'll suggest yeah, it to definitely. all of our listeners yeah, yeah. absolutely so yeah we yeah, okay, Monica, you, know, you want to keep a lot going? of questions for you, but um, you know, first, first off, some of our listeners are watching Friday Night Lights with us for you know the fifth time. Some of us are, some of them are watching for the very first time. Uh, so why don't you tell us, you know, your role on the show and just kind of your your overall experiences, Buddy Garrity? I know it's a big question. Oh my, <laughs> that's a big question. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> quite broad. 
Okay. Now, I, I can only say, um, you know, that I, I could go on and on about the, the the five years of, you know, what I would consider, you know, bliss as an actor. Yeah. Um, the the thing that we all knew from the very beginning um, was that, you know, um, we knew from the very beginning just because the pilot was was so was so good and was so strong and, you know, having the film come before us. So people had a mm -hmm. bit of an idea of what was happening, but then to take the, the TV show to the level that it took it to, um, we knew at the very beginning that we had lightning in a bottle. We knew that we had mm -hmm. something special and we all became very good friends in the beginning. Um, Pete Berg met with us in the very beginning when we had a dinner with the, the main characters sitting around a table and, and a couple of the producers and mm -hmm. another director. And uh, they talked about, <clears throat> he talked about the fact that we would own these characters. And that's where yeah. the whole idea became true that we did so much improv. And although, uh, you know, Fri Friday Night Lights, NBC would, 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 the writers would write the script over months. It would be approved by the studios and the network. And they would send us these finished, polished, wonderful scripts right uh, if we felt they needed to be adjusted or tweaked in any way or if we thought a, a scene would go better or a speech would go better this way they gave us that freedom and on the very first day before wow. we started shooting peter took us into this this dinner and told us all that these are your roles if this is your show so you've got that yeah and that yeah. was unheard of at the time people are trying oh to absolutely yeah but nobody did that Mm -mm. And especially on network shows. And that included the blocking and the action and everything else that happened. So mm -hmm. we literally many times did not even rehearse a scene. Wow. We simply came in. We knew what the scene was. We did it. They would shoot it, of course, with mm -hmm. um, with three cameras, uh, three steady cams from different angles, which mm -hmm. gave it, that, you know, gave it that sort of um, that feeling that you were always a fly on we the love wall. That. Watching right. It's really intimate. Yeah. And it gave it that that idea that you you were a part of it, you know, because we, I think that we all uh, love the, the sensations that come from um, being a part of something. Mm -hmm. And you know, the stories uh, in Friday Night Lights come from our lives. Um, but the outcomes, interestingly enough, weren't always set in stone. And maybe they right. changed just a little bit. And so um, it was cool to see that, you know, those different paths, uh, even though there were different paths, they always led to a successful outcome. And it didn't always have to be um, what I, you know, I don't like compromise right. because in compromise, yeah. everybody has to give up something. Everyone it's, loses a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think in, in our world, it always seemed to be a win-win. And, mm. and that wasn't just us adding to the script or changing it or whatever, changing the blocking or whatever. It, it had to do with the, the, all of those scenes that were shot from so many angles, from so many cameras, so many times were sent to the editors <laughs> sure. at NBC. And those guys had a lot to edit. We've but talked about that on the show. So I work in film production and we've talked a little bit about uh, the three cameraman style. And, and I wondered if uh, y'all's editors had um, just a crazy time. <laughs> well, you know they did. I, you know, it it probably cost them time right up to when their deadline was to oh, get that copy yeah. because they had so much to choose from. So, so in that way, it was one of the one of the great um, experiences for all of us.
And of course, the fact that we all became very close family. We mm -hmm. all became good friends. There were a couple of um, couple of love affairs that occurred. Ooh. <laughs> Some drama. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get into that or not. Um, <laughs> there were a couple of those that occurred. And mm. the sort of uh, family that occurred, not only yeah. with the kids, but with the crew who you know, they were also doing something much different. They, they had never been given the freedom to shoot that way either. And they right. never you know, experienced having to shoot and get the lighting and get the props and get the set and everything, the camera working on such an improv style. Just right. Without any sort of soundstage or anything. Yeah. You know, lots of times, you know, the poor girls, you know, trying to measure the distance. I mean, everything, everything about focus pullers so the crew also had that same challenge and at the same time they were able to pull it off and really enjoy that we were shooting uh what i call gorilla style <laughs> we were gorilla going after those scenes and that's why so many times they feel organic because they I all love that yeah we're getting to the meat instead of thinking about the lines or thinking about moving over here or having had the football right here at this moment. It, it's never about that. It's always about what you're hearing and, and what you're saying. The story. One yeah, the, definitely. One of the things that Robert Duvall said to me one time about acting, he said, you know, lots of times actors, we do this, uh, we do a lot of talking and we think about our lines, but when we really, when we are really good is when we're listening and saying nothing because the camera will see you listening. And then if you're not thinking about your lines, you'll actually say the line probably as it right. should be. It's said. like a natural reaction. I love that so yeah. much. That's something that we've talked about a lot, especially how the way that Friday Night Lights is shot and there's so many tight shots. There's so there's such there's so much demand put on the actors and you guys to have so much going on, so much storytelling through your face um, in those quiet moments. And that's something I feel like uh, you guys did so amazingly. So it's cool to hear. It's cool to hear that that was um, a part of it. Yeah, it was. And, you know, so the crew were, uh, were a family as well. So then and then you add in what I called, you know, they're not they're not the uh, extras. They're the background artists. And believe right. me, they are. And that's and that's what we should you know, we should respect them. And especially the townspeople of Dillon, because yeah. mm -hmm. as you know, people came from in and around Austin and other places mm -hmm. to play on our show. And right. it took. It took hundreds and thousands of people, literally thousands of people sometimes wow. in the big scenes to fill up the stands and whatnot. So you're talking about all of these people who not only came and enjoyed, you know, being a part of, mm -hmm. of a television show, which many of them had not been, but they came back year after year for five wow. years. And, you know, uh, Carly uh, and Monica, the, when you think about their dedication Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The people of Dillon and, and you saw those same faces in each, each year, mm -hmm. even though the characters might change those people from Dillon, those boosters, those moms, mm -hmm. those football players, they stayed the same and you saw the same faces. And so those people were just as dedicated, felt a part of the family and believe it or not, you know, there was many, many times when we would finish shooting and, and the extras would hang out with out, out the actors and hang out with them. Yeah. And we would all just have a great time together. And then the next year when when we started shooting again and the same people showed back up, it just created such a, a camaraderie and just something very special. 
And plus, I love just that. to be in Austin. And yeah. it was before uh, before Austin became overwhelmed with about Yeah, oh gosh. Extra people. Before the traffic was, got horrible, yeah. 500,000 <laughs> people moved there. Seriously. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we don't want to take up too much of your time, so we're going to keep moving. I time. I got time. I got lots to talk to you guys about. You got time? Okay. Awesome. I want to show you something fun. Look at this. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You have a ponytail. <laughs> Brad, that's amazing. I love it. My hair is so long. I had to put it in the ponytail because it looks horrible. <laughs> and now, now, now I know what you ladies have put up with. Right. Oh, yeah. have, uh, when you have to, when you have this long hair, you have to do things with. Yes. And, and, and are you in Texas right now in the summer heat? Ooh. Yeah, but it's not it's hot. Not too bad. <laughs> so it's good now. And we really, didn't, we really didn't have that hot of a summer, but I'm going to be doing a picture in Iceland. And I'm, I'm oh, wow. playing oh. a an old man that has really long hair and a beard. So I think I can pull it off. Oh, my you know, gosh. My hair's, my hair's turned totally gray yes. white now. Ten years ago, it had a little dark in it. Right. And pepper so I'll, I'll leave my Beyond the Lights hat. That's amazing. We love that. I love that you got the COVID okay. ponytail on. So, yeah, I look forward to going to places <laughs> I've never been there before. And that'll be, that'll be something. Yeah, that sounds but incredible. Keep talking about Friday Night Lights or whatever you guys want to talk about. Yeah, Monica, go ahead with our right. next, uh, what we got next up. Yeah. Yeah, so we we looked at your Wikipedia page. So let us know if any of this is inaccurate, because I know some of it it, it can be. Um, but we wanted to kind of go back a little to the beginning of your of your life. So you were born in Lubbock and it says that you moved to Japan at the age of five before moving to Plano. Actually, I moved there a little bit before that. And I came back when I was nearly six. Uh, but yeah, my dad was in the service over there and my mom couldn't stand being in Lubbock alone <laughs> with me. So my dad took us over What there. was that like living and, in uh, Japan that young? Oh, it's really, of course, not, not that I can remember very much uh, but we do have home movies. Yeah, my dad got, right. you know, in those days they had the eight millimeter film projector. Oh yeah. So we do home movies of me. Actually, I think what began my career and, <laughs> and the reason I think I'm an actor today is I, you know, those are the formulative years. And in those years, um, I had a pet monkey. <laughs> oh my god! And this monkey's name, this monkey's name was Miko. Miko. <laughs> and, and Miko lived in the tree in in front of our yard. Had a, a tiny little house there in, in a, a town called Fukuoka, Japan. Wow. And at the time, it was a small village, and we were the only Americans there. My dad was with a group that was sort of underground. Anyway, the, the idea was that I was the only little American boy that most of these Japanese people had ever seen. And so they would, I, I would go out and play in the yard with Miko. And the Japanese people would line our fence uh, in front of our house and just they would come in droves and watch this because they'd never seen a little Caucasian American boy. And they certainly had never seen one. <laughs> oh, my who, gosh. Who a monkey. <laughs> and so I think uh, playing with that monkey and, and all of those. This is told by my parents, of course, but all of those Japanese people um, laughing at me playing with my little monkey was. Uh, I think <laughs> I think that was it. I think that's, I think I enjoyed uh, making people laugh. And, and I think that's what would the, you know, the, the genesis of all of this was to tell you the truth. I mean, I thought about it for a long time and, you know, I thought, well, we sort of form a lot of our, our opinions and a lot of the things, actions that we do when we're very, very young. For so sure, maybe that was it. And also my dad, he, he got a really cool 
a custom made cowboy outfit for me, made out of leather. Oh my and gosh! And Japanese. If you have a picture of that, Brad, <laughs> we gotta see that. Send it to us. Somewhere of that, which is <laughs> so cool. But when we landed in the United States for my first time, that I was actually aware, you know, because when we went went away, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Really aware. Yeah, you're young. My parents are telling me we're going to we're going to the United States. We're going home, and we're going to Disneyland. And they told me about Disneyland. So my first day in the United States, when I was cognizant, was in Disneyland. Wow. My grandparents met us there, and it was my parents and my grandparents because I was the only child in our whole extended family Mm -hmm. at that time. I was the oldest and the first from from my uncles and all of those. So um, so my grandparents and my parents met. Uh, in Disneyland with me and I had on my cowboy thing and we went in the crazy horse saloon and they asked for volunteers. I went up on stage and sang Davy Crockett. The oh, old Davy Crockett oh my song, gosh. And uh, they said it, what was mostly odd about it was that they, you know, they asked for uh, the volunteers from the audience and I just took off and my parents were a little surprised. And of course my grandparents had never seen such a thing. Right. And I did my song, but after it was over, all I knew was Japanese, so I did a little Japanese bow oh my with, my, with my with my with with your cowboy, and, and I came back to the table, and my parents were kind of like wide eyed, and like, what was that? And I said, well, that was fun, and that's what that's the stories they've told me, and so I'm sticking to it, and I think that's why I'm an actor today. I, yeah. You know, all my life, I, you know, all the guys, we're going to be professional football players. I'm going to be an athlete. I'm going right. to be an athlete. All of that, but at the same time, I was always interested in choir and drama and always sang wow. and, and performed. My mother was a dance teacher and my dad was a performer in a way. So um, it, it's sort of just always, it, I think that's why and how it happened. And that's that that was the beginning. I think that's a very long, long That's amazing. Question. That is amazing. Okay, so the next the next question I had written down was um, in Wikipedia. It said something about that Disneyland performance. So you ju- you just told us uh, such a better uh, version of what was on Wikipedia. That's an amazing story, um, Monica. I'm going to throw. That was your first day in America. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, uh, Monica. I'm going to toss well, yeah, it to you, know, you for the yeah, next one. That I will say my first day yeah, in America. Sure. Just think about it. So the little kid comes here and he goes, "Hey." America is Disneyland. <laughs> the truth yeah. of the matter is I've been so blessed and so lucky with my family and my wife and my children and my mm-hmm. friends and my career. I've been in Disneyland ever since. Oh, that's so that's, sweet. Seriously. I love, I love that. that. <laughs> yes. Go, go ahead. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. So then it, it says that you played football, no surprise at Plano, um, but it looks like y'all won state in 1971. Yeah. Tell us about that. Oh, this stretches right into the show, so I'm I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah, perfect. You know, I didn't get to play because I tore up my knee and oh, so I was on the sidelines with a cast. But to me, it was just it was still just as important because I was, you know, I was a part of the team and I had I'd done the work. And although I didn't get to play, uh, I was, uh, you know, I I still felt it. And and oh, so yeah. And so to to get to to be on a state championship team and and with the coaches we had in those days, those coaches were just amazing, um, incredible. I hate to say amazing; everybody says amazing all the time. But they, <laughs> Sometimes that's just all that there is to say. There's John Clark Stadium and Tom Kimbrough Stadium, which were two of my coaches, my head coach and my secondary coach, and I played in the secondary. And uh, 
and, and now there's two stadiums in Plano named after them because they were such great leaders and, and inspirational for all of us. And so it was a tremendous uh, uh, time to, to get to be in Plano because it was still a very small town. And, you know, and yet we were hooked on to a big city. So we had the best of both worlds. We had the small town and the big city. Yeah. And, and being a part of that was was something very special. And, and and just let me, since we're on the subject, I wanted to to explain something to to you that that happened in the show that's yeah. ironic. Oh, please. Ironic, kind of like your deal is ironic, Carly. <laughs> yeah. And that is this. Um, when when Buddy Jr., the, mm-hmm. the new Buddy Jr. came later in the in the show. Yeah. It was the grown Buddy Jr. or the teenage Buddy Jr. Yep, yep, yep. By the way, Jeff Rosick, awesome job. He's a great guy, and we're still close buddies too. Yeah. We're friends and we've done two or three projects together. But um now when his his storyline was that he comes in, he comes in from California, and the way it was written was he comes in from California. He um, you know, the mom wants Buddy to change him and get him off drugs and right. you know, see if he can do something with him. Clean so, him up. After that long, arduous process, Buddy's able to get through to him. And, you know, in the script, you know, uh, Buddy Jr. becomes a great player. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he he becomes a great linebacker. And he's part of the team. And, you know, changes his life. That's the way way it was. Here's what actually (laughs) happened. On his first night, suited up, in contact, they're shooting the scene. Mm-hmm. It was his first little great play. He comes running off, and the entire team's over there congratulating him, pat him on the back, and everybody's jumping around. Way to go, Buddy Jr. And, and right. I'm on the front lines, of course, like, Buddy's finally done it. He's become a great football player. And about that time, one of the big guys jumped <gasps> on his foot <gasps> when he was shooting. It tore, and he went on his back. Oh. And oh I looked at him, and by then we were pretty good buddies. And I looked at him and I said, are you okay? And he, when he looked at me, having seen this type of thing before, I knew uh-huh. it's not okay. And he could not lift his foot up. Well, he tore <gasps> his Achilles tendon oh. in half on his first play. Oh his first my gosh. Oh, that sounds so painful. <laughs> to the to the doctors in Texas and the you know UT doctors, the football guys. Uh-huh. We had some of our coaches and some of our trainers were actually connect, connected to UT football. They immediately took him and said, you know, he's torn his Achilles. He's he's gonna have to have surgery immediately. Right. And so oh my God. it freaked me out because I'm thinking, oh no, this wonderful storyline with Buddy and Buddy Jr. is gone. They're gonna mm-hmm. send him California. He's not going to be in the show. And so I immediately started advocating for, you know, Hey, I've got an idea, you know, and I think they had the idea at the same time, but anyway, we had enough people talking about it. The writers grabbed it, the production grabbed it, and they decided, you know, we're going to let buddy stay on the team. He'll still learn. He'll still become a part of the team and it'll be even more poignant it'll, it'll have more subtext and it'll be a better story if he can become that and not even right. play and without playing without and be just like spiritually a part of it match oh, my real junior. life wow which is way ironic and way cool because it actually made the story better and they did right rewrite the story so that he could after the surgery he came back and he hung around and he was actually shooting everything all the time with that uh, cast on his leg and mm, rolling oh my gosh a walker and in pain shooting but that wow such depth and set uh, so much more meaning 
to the to the idea of being a part of a team. Absolutely. And you don't have to play to get the same effect. So what a cool another story. irony from Friday Night Live. It was wonderful. That is really crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, let's see what else we have up next. Okay, so we know you're a Raider, Texas Tech. So tell us a little bit about um, your college experience and kind of how that led you into acting. Well, you know, I was already doing lots of musicals in high school. Yeah. I did the Music Man and I did a little Abner and I did the lead in, in quite a few uh, shows yeah. and, and played. We always did the one act play contest. So when I went to, to tech and I knew my, my athletic career was not going to happen, I yeah. knew I was going to be an actor. So I immediately. Did you play football at tech? No, no. Okay. I knew that was, you know, I was done. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> yeah. and, so, and the coach, in fact, the coach actually told me one of, here's one of the great coaches stories. I went into his office, you know, crying my eyes out. I got to quit. I've never quit anything. Coach. I don't want to quit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Play football. He said, Brad, it's okay. He said, you um, you are a pretty good actor. I noticed you love doing all the plays in school and you're in the choir and stuff. Go be an actor. And my football coach told me that. And oh, that's and really what sweet. Was, what was even greater about that coach was that he said, and you know that locker that's in there that's got your name on it in there in the varsity room? He said, you spent a year and a half working for that and you earned that locker. So if you ever decide you want to come back, come on back. Which oh, I love that. To say that, that was real special. Yeah, and absolutely. So I stopped crying and I felt better and I walked out of there and I went, okay, I'm going to go to tech and be an actor. So <laughs> yeah. I got there and I met my wife, my wife, who is my wife now. Oh, I met her oh. the first semester when we were freshmen. Wow. We didn't oh my gosh. So early on. We didn't start dating until two years later. We had been friends yeah. and, you know, uh, co-workers and doing plays together and, and going to classes together. So we'd known each other for a long time before we actually decided mm -hmm. to get married. And we got married when we we're young, but that's the way to do it. I got yeah. a false, nice fall semester. And I was cast in the first uh, main stage show uh, that, that sealed it because we had a tremendous yeah. department. We had a uh, great teachers um, who were very, very special. And it's amazing how many people came out of those classes at that time in the seventies and even up in the eighties and, and, and today, uh, mm -hmm. still in the business. We have producers, actors, uh, directors, um, technicians throughout the field who, who, because of those great teachers and because of the wonderful time we had, uh, they're still in the business. So, uh, once I got there, I really never looked back. I did mm -hmm. lots and lots of plays. I stayed in Lubbock for seven years and produced and directed. I ran a, the Lubbock uh, Theater Center there, opened a new theater there, and uh, and um, I, I created an improv group. So, I was doing a lot of producing and directing while in Lubbock. And then when I came back to Dallas after after college, um, I, I began my career as a unemployed starving actor. Yes. <laughs> I uh, love that. Wait, and where were you living when you started your career um, in Lubbock? Oh, uh, well, I was doing, I was doing lots of things in Lubbock. I was getting my feet wet in a small town yeah. where I could, where I could produce and direct and write and do all the things that I, that I eventually might want to do and really get a, a knowledge of the business and, and, um, and doing plays, of course, doing dinner theater, plays, right. and doing main stage productions and then creating some of my own plays. We, we, um, we opened a theater in the Hilton Inn. We opened a little small theater there and did Godspell for weeks there. And, uh, oh, we've both been in Godspell. It's <laughs> a great show. It's a fun yeah. show. 
It is so, great music. So then when I you sort of had a, a pretty good um a pretty good experience when I got to Dallas and then um I was lucky enough to get in with some of the SMU people and I jumped into plays and my first play was uh the first play that really got me discovered was uh was one flew over the cuckoo's nest and I was I was I was playing oh, wow. Matt Murphy down in Deep Ellum and um an agent you know saw the play mm. and he said do you want to be doing television and film and I said absolutely Wow. He said, well, I would like to represent you. Um, So I told him that I would like to be in to see these casting directors. I knew who they were already. And uh, I said, if you can get me in to see those casting directors, I will uh, assuredly sign in with you. I would love to sign with you and have you represent me. So he got me in to see them within a week. I saw him um, and he became my agent. And within a month, I was on Dallas, the original Dallas show, which that got me into the union. A lot of us here in Dallas joined the union through that. A lot of actors here. And mm-hmm. then right after that is when I yes. did Silverado mm-hmm. with all the, the future to be big time stars. And so my first TV show was the biggest television show in the world at the time. And my, my first yeah. film was a giant Hollywood <laughs> Western film. Okay. And, we want to talk yeah, about that. Yeah. So very, <laughs> very lucky to say the least. I think, <laughs> You know, Texas we all kind of get lucky, but it's all about, you know, they say luck is where uh, preparation meets opportunity. So I got some opportunity. Absolutely. That's, that's kind of the way it looks. That's that's just always how it happens. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Texas Chainsaw. Right. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> <It's a nightmare>. <laughs> no. <laughs> Was it horrible? Okay. Tell anyway, us about well, it. I tell you, she, uh, Jessica Beale <laughs> was not a nightmare. And I actually, I did the second one, and my stuff was cut. I was, I was playing a, um, a, uh, a fraternity guy in the very in the second one with yeah. McConaughey, and and uh, and and but they cut all of our stuff out, so I wasn't actually seen until uh, the fourth installment of Texas. Oh, really? Which was that was Jessica, that was oh Jessica gosh. Beale, and that was like her first big thing. And I got, I got on the oh, set really? and we were near the end of shooting oh, by wow. the time I, I got there. And um, this girl had been put through the ringer. She was so worn out and so they had just, it was a German director who they worked her really, super really hard. hard. They had, yeah. you know, she'd been there for two or three months and, it, you know, it's Texas Chainsaw. I mean, it's, it's grueling anyway. Uh, yeah. And so I got there and it was a night shoot. We shot outside of yeah. Austin. <laughs> And I had to learn to drive a big um, 1966 18-wheeler, which I oh had my sort gosh. of driven a, a, a big truck before, but certainly not a 1966 yeah. <laughs> That is a whole new ballgame. Right. So That's a learning different. to drive a truck and then experiencing Jessica Beale, who I knew immediately when I met her, that she would uh-huh. be a huge star. It's kind of like when I did the... Oh, she yeah, just blows. She, she, and she was so, they had beat her to death, but she was such a trooper. She just, she never complained. Wow. She, you know, it, it was just yeah. brutal what they, they made that girl do. But I, I worked with her all night for two nights and we shot those scenes and she, she impressed wow. the heck out of me. It was kind of like when I did uh, Love in a 45, which was one of, that was uh-huh. one of Renee Zellweger's first pictures. And Oh, the wow. same way with Renee, because my scene, my scene yeah. that I had with her in Love and a 45, as soon as she walked out and she was probably only 20 years old, um, she mm-hmm. was, you know, she, 
she, she stole she stole the show and, you know she ate up the camera <clears throat> she ate up the screen she she was just brilliant and you could tell it was off and on and she just had it and then to see it again and Jessica and to get to yes. work with both those fine young actresses and now look what's happened to both of them Mm-hmm. Well, we were always big fans yeah. of Jessica Biel because wasn't she Seventh Heaven? Oh yeah, yeah. We grew <laughs> we grew up with Seventh Heaven, up. so <laughs> we were always big fans. I, I know that really, you know, that, that took her off. So those were oh, great yeah. experiences, and again, um, both of those were shot near Austin. So I've done a lot. I've done a lot in Austin. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it's such yeah. a popular yeah. filming area. Um, okay. Our next question is one of our favorites. We're super excited to talk about. So, um, one of our favorite shows of all time is Parks and Rec in your cameo episode. And we want to hear everything about it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I got got a little story to go with this. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Bring it on. It's a good question. Here's the deal. Before I went to tech, for some reason, I always wanted to go to UCLA. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go see UCLA and be in the theater department there. But I also wanted to go to UCLA and play football. So this is all before all of that happened. So all my life, I want to go to UCLA and, and be a part of that and be in the movies and blah, blah, blah. Well, they call me to be on Parks and Rec. Oh so gosh. I go to LA to be on Parks and Rec and the character's name is a killer. I mean, his name is Fester Trim. <laughs> Fester Trim, are you kidding me? And I got the <laughs> and before I opened my big, huge mouth, um, <laughs> and I said, what is this name, Fester? Because I was about to say it out loud. I think Paul Rudd told me, he goes, Brad, that's one of our lighting guys. His name is really Fester. Oh and my gosh. Was, oh, You're like, oh, oh okay. it's a real person. Fester. All right, I'm Fester. So uh, I'm Fester. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm Fester. Hey, Fester, how's it going? Oh so anyway, um, anyway, Fester Trim was a blast. And I noticed this again. I'm there. I'm in my trailer at, on the campus at UCLA. Mm-hmm. We're actually shooting that scene on the stage in the UCLA theater. Okay, and there. Okay. My dream coming true again. I'm finally on stage at UCLA. At UCLA. <laughs> and it happened 50 something years later, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. So, so our dreams come true in weird time. God has weird, weird. Oh, moments. well, that we, uh, we know. Yes. His timing, you know, is beyond us. That's true. <laughs> That's right. And we know it's his timing. So yeah. that, that was the story about that. And of course, um, the whole, the whole thing was just so much fun. And I got to say, yeah. What was she, that set? Like Amy Pollard. Well, you know, we're on stage at, at, at the yeah, theater. Yeah. And the, entire, the entire theater at UCLA was full of, of extras. Oh, right. Yeah. So we stood up there all day shooting that scene and all of us were, were standing at those podiums basically all day over and over doing different parts of the scene and all of our little different segments. And, uh, um, so I, you know, I loved it and it, it, it was just another one of those. Yeah, that's amazing. But um, Amy Poehler was, you know, a great leader. She mm-hmm. was hilarious. She was tireless because she's running back and forth from Video Village and running back and forth producing and directing while she's acting. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it was so interesting to watch her and she's got on heels. Of course. She's just like a powerhouse. She's a powerhouse. She's hilarious. She's kind. She's a great businesswoman. And I just really enjoyed working with her. Yeah, absolutely. She was uh, almost exactly like Julia on Veep. Um, Oh my gosh. Uh, Dreyfus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and working with that, that group was incredible. That was mostly shot in Baltimore, although we shot some in, um, in LA, but I shot a a lot of that up there. And uh, Julia, Julia was just like Amy, just intelligent. She was the leader. She was tireless. I remember she had been at work for 12 or 14 hours one day. And I had a scene with her where she really didn't need to be on camera. They could have used someone else. Right. But she stayed at two o'clock in the morning. Of course. Because she's a pro and she, she knows it, it, it matters, you know, the other actors somebody to play with oh well and she's she's just one of my all-time heroes in the film world of just doing it all and being a woman and taking control and just as talented as she is oh my goodness i just i can't imagine what it would be like to even be in the same room as her absolutely she's she's so so sweet she's just something else tiny tiny little woman oh yeah she is tiny tiny. (laughs) not tiny at all gigantic yeah she just takes up the whole room yeah, she got a gigantic brain and a gigantic sense of humor. And she's plus amazing. All the, other people, all the other people on that show were tremendous. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Welcoming mm-hmm. and just to stand in the Capitol and stand in those buildings um, and do things was it was surreal. Right. And how um, is Paul Rudd? Tell us about I'm sure he's the nicest person ever. Is he? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. He's a totally nice guy. We had. You know, we're standing at those little podiums on that stage all day and we had pads and pens. And so I was just standing there all day doodling and writing down my lines yeah. and things and just pages of legal pads of, of stuff. And, you know, I've been doing that for hours and I walked over to Paul and I was talking to him. And I looked down at his legal pad. It was exactly the same. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, yeah, just drawings and stuff. And I said, yeah, we're passing the time. He goes, yeah, I don't know what I'd do without this. I said, yeah, it's pretty good to have this. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, and he was, uh, you know, the consummate actor, obviously. Right. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Okay. Well, Monica's yes. audio is back on. So I'm going to let, I'm yes. going to pitch to Thank her goodness. and let her take the next couple of questions. Yes, few. Okay. Um, yeah, so kind of to kind of to wrap this up and bring it back to you know obviously our favorite role of yours, Buddy Garrity. Um, you gave us a great kind of overview at the beginning, but we have some more specific questions, um, just moments that we really like about your character or just think are really important to the show. And so um, I wanted to ask you about kind of the father daughter dynamic with Minka Kelly. Um, we just watched the episode where she confesses to you about, um, you know, her relationship with Tim and you just, y'all have a really sweet moment under the bleachers and you, you know, you tell her it's going to be all right. We all make mistakes. And, um, you mentioned your own daughter. So I just want to know if, you know, you kind of drew from that relationship when you were in those scenes with Minka and just kind of, yeah, just kind of, yeah. What was that. Yeah. What that father daughter relationship was like, um, well, for you. I'm glad you brought that up. I happened to bring a couple of pictures just in case you guys. Oh, awesome. Oh, great. Just in case you uh, brought up Minka. Lila. We love Minka. Lila. So we do. Um, when I was first diagnosed, this is a funny story. We've yeah. told it on the podcast before. So apologies to our listeners for the repeat story. <laughs> but when I was first diagnosed in high school, Minka was shooting a uh, film on our high school campus at the time called Searching for Sunny. 
And uh, Monica went to her trailer and got her to write me a little note of encouragement. So I actually have a little handwritten sweetest note ever uh, from Minka from the first time I was diagnosed. Um, She just is the sweetest. He is. Here's this was the beginning, of course, when we were still. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, I love that. You can text us those after this. Yes. Perfect. Yes, yes. Yes. That's so sweet. This is what happens years later when the daddy screws up. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah. We yeah. want to get to that. <laughs> Remember that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that was bad news and that was bad. That was bad. Buddy. Bad, bad buddy. Bad well, buddy. that was good. It's good that <laughs> photo's in black and white, you know, kind of gives you a more sinister <laughs> feel. <laughs> it was special. I have two daughters, uh, amazingly nearly the same age. We were oh, really? married years before we actually had our children. So my girls are only 28 and 24 now. So oh, wow. Oh, around our age. They were, yeah. They were young. So, and you know, I always tried to really connect to Minka because she and I had a special. And I think that, that, that moment that you were talking about under the stands, mm-hmm. that was really the first time they really allowed me to do what I'd been wanting to do since the first episode. And that was to prove that, that Buddy you know, it would have spoiled it actually because you know television is the way it is, mm-hmm. and it has to to build. And I didn't really understand that at the beginning. I've done so many movies, I, right? You know, I wanted the whole character to happen right now. Well, well, that good side of Buddy, I don't think was seen. You know, oh, Buddy only cares about himself. Buddy only cares about the team. Mm-hmm. He's a boss of the team. Right. Blah blah blah. He's not a good guy. And then in that scene, I wanted it that change to really occur and they finally gave me that scene where buddy said you know and it was probably one of my one of my favorite uh lines in the in the entire show when when buddy uh, show showed how he really felt and what his priorities were because she was so upset Mm -hmm. and he was comforting her and i don't know exactly what the line i know what the line was because (laughs) um hold on i'm echoing just one moment uh, it's only you're my daughter. It's only football. Yes. Something, yes. something like that. Yeah. You're my daughter. You know. Yeah. And and I and that to me was very special that they finally let the real buddy come up yeah. out, even though Crap. many people might not have believed that that's what he really felt. I I really wanted that to punch. Oh, it punch did. We the- so we just <laughs> recorded that episode and we noted two of our favorite buddy lines. One of them was was that she because she says you've never left. A football game before and, and you say well it's only football you're my daughter but before yeah. that when she when she walks off of the field and and the mom is kind of like oh i'll go i'm gonna go down there and then you stand up and you say uh-uh this one's me this one's me this we one's love me. that and i love yeah. that line thank you thank you i loved it too and i and no i didn't change that one i don't think yeah i think, I think was well it was I delivered was so well yeah and so genuinely I, I, what, so what are your other lines? I'm trying to think of buddy lines that I loved. Um, oh, I, I love this one when he, when buddy said, and I don't, I know they wrote this because I died laughing when I first read it. <laughs> when buddy says you can't fake boosterism. <laughs> what? Boosterism. Yeah. boosterism. Boosterism is a thing. Yes, if you right. didn't know. <laughs> lives within all of us or buddy like people it lives there so yes. you can't fake it it's right. oh, another another line that we love my my dad actually says it all the time we say we love when you go let coach taylor finish his riblets <laughs> <laughs> that's a let, small let one 
finish his, his wife. riblets, <laughs> like little oh, ribs. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. love it. Riblets. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Riblets. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think I've ever said riblets in my life. You know, we don't say riblets. I, I, I didn't rib. even know what riblets were. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> either. <laughs> um, okay, Monica, you want to take the next? Or, or no, yeah, I'm going to take the next. Yeah, okay, yeah. so now we're going to take a little turn into, into Bad Buddy. Yes, Bad Buddy. So <laughs> I, I want to hear about your thoughts and kind of what the experience was like as Buddy. And, and, and for our listeners who have not watched yet, we're about to get into a little spoiler area. So feel free to fast forward because um, we're going to talk about seasons two, three, four. Um, but um, so, so Buddy takes a turn. And he sort of dives into alcohol as his marriage sort of unravels. And I just want to hear what it was like for you for, to play that, that sort of unraveling of, of Buddy. Well, of course, uh, you know, drama, we, drama is our friend. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, it, I always thought, you know, even though he's going through these things, it's human. Uh, there's a lot of humans that go through this mm-hmm. and let's hope that they're going to write redemption let's just hope that he just doesn't go completely straight down and never come back right right i trusted them that this was short-lived and you know um it's it's always fun to play the bad guy (laughs) totally and peter berg even said this to me one time it was on another picture actually and it was on deepwater horizon that i Mm -hmm. I most recently did with uh walberg oh yeah and uh and Kurt Russell yeah. and John Malkovich. Oh man, what a joy! Oh, I can't imagine. And name drop them because I love them so much. But anyway, um, that whole idea of um, Peter said, "Brad, a bad guy never thinks he's a bad guy." Mm, oh, I love that. And that was a great actor thing to think about because if you think about a bad guy, you think, about, "Oh, he's he's bad," but really, he's not. He doesn't mm-hmm. think he's right. Bad. He thinks he's he, fine. You know, yeah, he thinks he's fine. So, a uh, buddy kind of didn't think he was fine there for a minute mm-hmm. he was trying to get Pam back. I mean, mm-hmm. that, I, I really wanted that to be true that, yeah. you know, I'll do anything to have you back. I still love you. I'm sorry. That was a real, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you know, most wives I know don't, don't return. Yeah. Right. That. Yeah. That's hard you to know, recover from. Yeah. That's hard to recover from. So, and it was so hard to recover from that. Um, this is funny. <laughs> um, buddy, if you will notice, <clears throat> after his badness, <laughs> after did, Bad Buddy, after Bad Buddy, you notice that the writers never gave him a date, a girlfriend, a wife, nothing. That's so true. I have not notice that. They don't give him another they don't woman reward ever. Him for what he did. And I would say, hey, guys, you know, you know, we got another season. Is Buddy going to have a girlfriend or does Buddy get another wife? Does Pam come back? Pam comes back, right? It'll be great. Pam will come back because she'll see that little Buddy became okay. <laughs> she'll know that Buddy's okay. So she'll come back because she'll get tired of tree hugger guy. Yeah. Tree so, <laughs> and she didn't get tired of tree hugger guy and she never came back. I right. And I watched the writers, is Buddy ever going to no, you have to pay for your sin. <laughs> I really liked that they did that. I think it was very realistic. Yeah. Oh gee, thanks. <laughs> so anyway, that's why Buddy never he, yeah. they were told that was tough. On yeah, Buddy. I agree. Yeah, yeah. that was that's a hard time for Buddy. Yeah, but I do. I loved all of Buddy's reactions to the tree hugger. Yes, uh, guy. That was always it hilarious. was so realistic. 
Yeah. Well, and that's a good segue to um, kind of our last question is what did you think about the season four or five change up? You know, it was a really bold decision, but kind of necessary. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to know how it, you know, affected the writers and the cast and, you know, how y'all kind of made that transition. Well, um, we have no idea. <laughs> yeah. What right. And we didn't know that some of those actors would be leaving. Yeah. I don't know. That we, knew it. Uh, we didn't know that somebody as insignificant as Michael B. Jordan was going to come. <laughs> oh, along. yeah. Now he's so he, huge. He's, this guy is like, oh, yeah, he was in The Wire. Yeah, he's, he's okay. <laughs> he's only the biggest movie star in the world. <laughs> On the planet, you know, and so I think Friday Night Lights was good for him, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, as well as you know, every one of us. I mean, just think yeah. about it. Every yeah. one of those years, Jesse Plemons, all oh, the young we people. Love him. Very few of those young people had had large careers before that, you know. Uh, Scott Porter mm -hmm. had done quite a bit. A lot of them had not done a lot mm -hmm. before right. that. Jesse Plemons had. He he was a child actor. I don't know if you knew that. Did we? Know? And, I uh, think I did actually. Yeah, he was. He, he actually grew up in March, which is outside of right. Waco. Yeah. And they, they won the state championship. Oh my uh, gosh. So Jessely had the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um in fact, Mark, Texas has won the state championship three years in a row. Oh my right goodness. Now. Oh wow. Wow. And, you know, small town, but but so Jesse had played and, and what I was trying to get to was uh oh yeah that 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 last season as they changed, it was surprising to me what yeah. they did with Buddy for him to uh for him to get rid of the car dealership and open a restaurant yeah. and, uh, and all of that. It, but it, it, you know, bringing in buddy junior just gave it so much more life yeah. for me. And, and it gave me such a, a great uh, storyline to, to play out mm -hmm. in, in the end. It's true. It fleshed, and, uh, it fleshed he, buddy out a little bit more in those sure. later seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It gave him kind of a redemption. Here I'm sitting here in my truck. So I'll just, I happen to have this. Let's just oh, go ahead. Oh, I love that. Great. Cause we're going to take a picture at the end. So that's perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, we were going to ask, are you a lion or are you a panther? Right. Um, well, as you well know, <laughs> um, the lions became defunct. Right. And you know, but he became, went right back to being a panther. Yeah. Yep. He even had a panther golf cart, which <laughs> I really loved that. The last day of filming, I was riding around the track in circles as fast as I could <laughs> in, that, in that golf cart. Oh, I love that scene. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very last scenes of all time. And so I had a lot of fun with the buddy golf cart. That's and awesome. It was to me, um, it was fitting the, the way they, they went with the character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, other than, you know, what happens in the future is that Buddy does have another girlfriend, I think. At the at the end. Yeah. Or maybe maybe Pam comes back. I don't know. <laughs> Something good happens. Mm -hmm. I know that. Yes. It was all leading towards good. So Agreed. I think being back with the Panthers is is a good thing for Buddy. Yeah. Even though one of my favorite lines that we talked about earlier is is, you know, when Buddy finally had it with those Dylan guys who were trying to usurp uh, him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not a panther anymore. Right, I love that, that moment. That was a biggie when he said he wasn't yeah. a panther. But he got to go back and become one, and and that was uh, that was fun. I uh, I wanted I wanted to talk a little bit about I I didn't tell you guys um, that some of my you know my favorite scenes. Yeah, I yeah, tell us. Oh, please. 
you know, we had a scene that was completely cut. Now you saw the beginning of it, but the scene where the coaches and Buddy are in the hotel room and they're playing mm-hmm. at the Christian school who are very racist. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So we're having a, a poker game up in the hotel room before, the, and you know, we're having some beers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Coach Taylor leaves, and then the scene pretty well ends with these guys playing poker. What actually happened was <clears throat> we continued shooting, and those coaches and I all got pillows, and we had a mock football mm-hmm. game oh. with pillows. Oh, my gosh. And we gosh. were each other all over the room, tearing up that hotel room, knocking <laughs> over chairs. Looking over beds and making great, great pillowcase catches. Oh my gosh! And tapping each other all over chairs, and so th- they kept shooting, and we improv this whole scene that was all of this stuff. Yeah, and it was one of the most fun scenes that all of us did on the entire show because it was just so much, you know, grown men <laughs> and they're doing little, doing little full time right. play, playtime. <laughs> playing in front of the camera and we that. thought oh, this is going to be the greatest most hilarious scene in the whole show well of course they cut it of and course they, it, the second part they they let us film even more so we tell the tear the whole po- uh, room up and the hotel room is decimated and now they <laughs> cut they cut to the next morning and everybody's stretched out, sprawled out. You know, they're all hung over and mm-hmm. they had this big fight and blah, blah, blah. And Buddy's laying over here on a chair and this one's on the bed and this one's sprawled out over here. And the room is completely destroyed and they cut and it's now morning and they open and they see them all in there and they're snoring <laughs> and it's going on. And then all of a sudden from over there in Buddy's chair, you hear. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> And they kept it, you know, it was they like, they kept they it in. Were, and they were going, Brad, you're really doing that. I said, no, I, said, I, did, that with, I did that with my mouth. They go, you did not. It sounded too real. And I kept doing it. Oh my and, they God. Kept and so we did it for a long time and we laughed until we were. Oh my God. I love that. And you know, those guys, especially those coaches, I was uh-huh. one of their things in the whole, in the whole series. And they it didn't uh, get to be in there, but that, yeah. Was one, and then the other one, when you know, Buddy was throwing stakes <laughs> over the, you know, the kids were making them mad on the little camp. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So mad, and those were really nice stakes, by the way. Those Dang, were, they were Rib- three inch real. They Ooh. were real ribeye. Dang. <laughs> Now, give us that sometimes Kyle would cook bacon and when we were cooking things, I, we'd cook things. So I was going to really cook those steaks. Yeah, absolutely. So we're having them, and then the director asked me to get mad and throw the steaks over the trees. So I threw a couple of those gorgeous ribeyes over the trees. That felt weird, throwing a beautiful ribeye (laughs) over into the trees. (laughs) Over the trees is horrible. But what happened was um, they moved the cameras. So now I'm throwing them over a different set of trees because yeah. these are just over trees and hedges out in the in the wilderness you know yeah and and so on the first take after we moved the cameras you know we're back in there and i'm i'm getting the stake to the stake part and i grab the stakes and i'm throwing them over the <laughs> man and i'm throwing them over the tree and all of a sudden i hear this oh oh my gosh and the makeup and hair girls were over there and those stakes hit them <laughs> right in the head <laughs> Because when we moved the cameras, they didn't realize that angle oh was going to change the angle. 
So they were right in line with where the stakes were coming. So oh my gosh. That was Can you imagine just standing somewhere and out of the blue with being raw hit in the face with a full <laughs> ribeye? <laughs> a 12-ounce ribeye, you know, that's kind of yeah, wet and yeah. bloody. It, Oh my gosh. That was another hilarious thing that happened. And, That's and you amazing. know, I guess, I guess one of the other, one of the most important ones was when, um, this is something no one knows. I, I got to tell this story though. Let's it hear was it. At the very end of the show and we were wrapping it. And when, you know, it's about time to, everybody's going to about to start crying. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's almost over. We knew it was going to be over. And Kyle and I had one of our final scenes together. I think it was oh. our very last scene out at the field. And we were, you know, in the in the show, it's there. We're Buddy and Kyle are leading, leaning up the fence, and they're talking about something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. What it was. It's about how the change is going to occur, and everything's going to be okay, mm-hmm. and everyone's going to blah, blah, blah. But the prop guy came up to us before we shot the scene, and he goes, guys, you want to you have some fun with, with the guys back in L.A., with the editors and the producers and the network execs and the, the crew tonight? You guys want to have some fun? We're like, yeah. He goes, okay. When, when you start the scene here, I've got some props for you. Y'all use these props. So he handed us a little bag, and he walked off, and we started the scene, and we acted as if we were doing it, and they were rolling. And we pulled out of the sack, we pulled out a couple of beers, popped them and a and a real bottle of whiskey oh i love it and yeah we start incorporating it into the scene and then also <laughs> in the bag was one other thing which is um well i'll just say it was a smokable item <laughs> <laughs> this big fat smokable item. oh my god <laughs> i love that there's Buddy and the coach leaning up against the fence at the end of F and L, smoking a smoking a whiskey and talking about it. That sounds amazing. And we went ahead and shot it, of course. Right. And then we really shot the scene, but they sent them all that footage. Yeah. We never really heard what the editors and producers thought when they saw that. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, that's great. To them first, and we. We had a great time. With oh, it. I love so, that. How was how was the very end wrapping wrapping the show with everybody yeah. for you? It was it was crying time. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, not a not a dry eye because we knew this um, is so we special. Knew we, knew, we knew that we had something very special. Yeah. We knew that we would probably never any of us get it again in our life because, I mean, let's face it, um, for an actor to get one series mm-hmm. which popular and which you know sort of gets into so many people's hearts and minds Yeah, to have one of those in your life is lucky. And so to get another one, it's kind of hard to do. It's you can name the actors on one hand that have been lucky enough to, to have a couple of series like that. Yeah. So yeah. Lighten in a bottle for sure. But it was also uh, knowing that we, from the very beginning were grateful and literally talked about it. On the set, um, you know, when we were in this third, fourth season, we'd, we'd go, we would be at work and go, man, I, we are so lucky to mm-hmm. be here. Yeah. To, here we are in Austin doing it, to have these people around us and to be and to know that this show is doing what it's doing and so many people are watching it. Yeah. Of course, you guys may not have been aware of this, but they didn't like our numbers in the, in those days. Oh, they I know. Talking, they kept trying to cancel y'all. Yeah. We were like a... uh, only 8 million people yeah. a week. <laughs> right. That okay. Would yeah. That would yeah. be tremendous numbers. But um, 8 million, and they wanted 13 million. So we were always on the edge. Yeah. Mm. And 
we were saved by DirecTV when they became the very first provider to have original programming. Oh, wow. Now, see, oh. They, no one knows this. DirecTV set the standard for Netflix. They were the first streaming service. Wow, wow. interesting. To, they were, you know, they weren't making anything. Mm -hmm. DirecTV was just, just a provider. Okay, gotcha. And them to take the show, and they provided half the cost with NBC. Mm -hmm. And for, for that, NBC gave them the right to show it first on DirecTV. So you saw the last season or the last two seasons on DirecTV before you saw them on NBC. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. What we have today, which is all the television comes from the distributors. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. All the originals yeah. departments. Okay. All of them. Okay. You Can got. you tell us about any of the of the onset romances? Oh, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna ask. You volunteered we that. We cannot <laughs> ask. Be in huge trouble. I, I, let me see if I can do this. I still talk to Minka on her birthday every year. She'll oh, she maybe me just hints. Maybe just hints. Well, let's just put it this way: there was a relationship in the beginning, uh, which occurred between two of the characters mm -hmm. in Friday Night Lights, <laughs> that was also occurring in real life. That's just, Got it. Okay. Okay. We'll take that. Okay. I definitely know who you're talking about. <laughs> it's one of those deals where no names, no names, no right, names. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then there was, uh, oh, another one that's really actually very cool. For, um, one of our main cameramen and our script supervisor on that show. And they have children now together. They've been married. Oh, oh my goodness. Time. Sweet. Over 13 years, they've been married and have children, and they're just the happiest couple. You so unsuspecting when that's sweet. When we were shooting, we never knew that this was uh, about to happen, and so that happened. And I'm, am I forgetting another? I'm probably forgetting one. Um, oh, I got to tell you all this. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I can't think of another relationship off the top of my head right this moment, other than. Oh, well, a real relationship was that I got to throw this in there. I did get to get my real daughters in the show. Oh, you did? They, they were in a couple of scenes. Oh, that's and so sweet. Those, one of my favorites was when Taya, my oldest, was at, at the scene where we've got the giant booster club uh, party. Yeah. And Buddy gets so drunk. And, uh -huh. and Lyman and Riggins are trying to pick him up out of the mud, and he just keeps making a total fool of himself, and it's horrible. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, you know, Buddy's supposed to be drunk during right. all of that. Right. And so we did that scene a lot, and they had a lot of changes of clothes because I had to keep falling in the right. mud. And <laughs> cleaning up. Bring me some new ones, and I had to keep changing. So it took, you know, we shot that scene for probably a couple of hours. Oh, my gosh, was, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of action in it, a lot of clothes changes. And my little daughter, Taya, was sitting over in the uh, in the pool as part of the pool party. Yeah. And she was she was watching the scene. That's awesome. And, and after it was over, uh, you know, of course, I went in and I got cleaned up and we wrapped and everybody was just hanging around. And my little daughter came up to me. And it's the first time I'd really seen her since all this occurred. And she looked up at me and she goes, Daddy, are you really drunk? <laughs> Oh. And, and, and it tore at my heart because 
it was probably the greatest compliment I've ever been given. Right. Yeah, as, a, as an actor. <laughs> my little daughter thought I was really drunk. Oh, and that's I, great. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it, that was pulled at my heartstrings. I yeah, that. that. And I guess also that whole scene with Jason Street in the driveway, that was a tough one because mm, I, yeah. you know, that was they didn't do in the beginning with, with Buddy. You know, the idea that Buddy, um, I'm about, okay, we're doing good here, uh, that Buddy um, uh, did not get to prove that how much he loved Jason. I mean, yeah. In the very beginning, yeah. in the very first episode, there was actually a scene where Buddy uh, was in the in the room with Jason like Coach was, but they couldn't have both scenes. Plus, they didn't really want to show that side of Buddy in the beginning. But when you think about it, Buddy was going to marry his daughter. That was going to be his son-in-law. He was the quarterback. Buddy loved Jason Street. Right. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, my gosh. He felt horrible when that happened. Mm -hmm. to Jason. Right. Didn't really give you that at that time. They had to, they had to be careful with that. Right. So you didn't get to see that. And then when I had that talk with him, when he was in the wheelchair and I gave him that serious talk, it, I remember it was freezing that night. Really? You could see our you breath. See your breath yeah. And it was all of that talk about, you know, what are you going to do mm -hmm. if you're in this wheelchair? Are you going to be able to have children? How are you going to provide for these mm -hmm. children? We, that scene was, was really yeah. important to me. Well, this is the and first time Jason really got that reality check about his future. I mean, it's, I mean, he's, oh, he's only 16 or, or 17 or whatever. And, to, and it's so hard to think about those things as an adult, even, you know, I was a young adult with cancer at 16 and you have to be pushed into thinking about when you're 30, you know, what about kids? What about, how are you going to do insurance? And, you know, you have to have somebody, you have to have a buddy Garrity in your life to to push you to to get there and to think about those things yeah that and then people don't realize you know it's it's funny and but there's so much of the show that's just true mm -hmm. yeah absolutely you lived it and that's another thing that's why people all over the world are watching it and say oh this is only in texas oh texas is the only one that cares about football yeah. that much long we just happen to have more. Right. We just have more players and more high school players. You know that California actually has one more high school than Texas. Yeah, California's got football out the wazoo. But we have fifty thousand more high school football players oh, wow. than they do than they do in California. That's crazy. And they have one more high school than we do. Hang, wow. hang, hang on, just a second. I got it. Yep, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I got to grab this. Let me see who who's this. Yeah, not a problem at all. Take your time. Hello? 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 Kyle, man, what's going on? What? <laughs> Kyle, what are you doing? <gasps> oh, my gosh. It's oh, my Kyle. gosh. <laughs> Kyle <Hello>? Chandler. <laughs> um, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a good time for you to call. Um, <laughs> what? What are you doing, man? Uh, nothing. I was calling you up just to say hello. I haven't talked to you in a while. What are you doing? Uh, well... I'm sitting here talking Friday Night Lights with uh, Carly and Monica, and uh, we're doing a little our podcast TX Forever. We're doing a little podcast, and now you're in it, baby. Woo! Texas Forever. Oh yeah. Hey, who is it? It's Carly and who? Uh, Carly and Monica. We're, Kyle, we're called TX Forever, and we're podcasting live right now. 
announcement live like to the world? <laughs> well, I mean, we're just recording right now. <laughs> but it will be released to the world. All right, well, hello, world. Hello, you guys. How you doing? We're, what are you talking about? We're doing great, Kyle. <laughs> we're talking about Friday Night Lights and, and how Bobby much Garrity. we love the show. <laughs> and, and Buddy. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun show to do. It was a lot of fun. Oh. Brad and I had too much fun. Oh, well, well oh, we've been hearing about, about it, too. <laughs> yeah, no, we had a great time. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. What's it about? All Friday Night Lights? Um, it's called TX Forever. And um, so Monica and I are both, so we're in music and film production. We're childhood friends. We grew up in Texas. And we we basically go through the, the show episode by episode. We podcast about it and we talk about each episode. And we, yeah. We dig deep and we laugh and, and we have a good time. That sounds excellent. Brad, you're going to have to send me a copy of the podcast so I can lock it in. My yes, box. please do. Yes. Yes, and Kyle, we'd love to have you on. Oh, that'd be fine. I'm I'm just excited to just listen to myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what a man, perfect timing. It's a great surprise. I was about to tell <laughs> this the story. Amazing, yeah. I was about to tell the story of the time sweaty, nasty, horrible buddy <laughs> jumped in bed with you and Connie and, and she ran screaming from the room because <laughs> gross sweaty buddy was there. You remember that? Brad, something's <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Hard by a lot of things in life, but that one, that one popped the cake right there. I can tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh oh man, these girls, hey, these girls are awesome. I tell you, and I, I also Kyle wanted to tell you, Carly has got a neck brace on. She's got a, <laughs> she's got a little thing working, and she is a incredible trooper and warrior, and um. She's got, she's Mrs. Jason Street right now because she's had. Some, I am. I just had spinal surgery. Um, I had. She's a she's killer. Yeah. I had a cancer recurrence and just had spinal surgery. So I was in uh, spinal rehab, just like Jason Street. So we're, we're podcasting, you know. About all the got, irony. <laughs> yeah, some serious parallels going on here. <laughs> Good Lord. Both my, my thoughts and prayers are out to you. I'm oh, sorry. thank Here's you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but uh, yeah, well, it sounds like you're uh, sounds like you're doing well with this podcast. And that's good. Yeah, it's going um, incredibly, and you know what? Even better now that you just decided to pop in, yeah. Kyle. Well, <laughs> hey, that was that was really good timing, buddy. You haven't called me in a year and a half. <laughs> no, that's not true. We played golf. We played golf a couple of weeks ago, okay. and, and I was jealous last week when Kyle got to play golf with. Sergio he actually played with Sergio Garcia. Oh, yes. oh my so gosh. I, was, I was very jealous of that. Didn't get to go down in Austin and play, but they said Kyle played really well, which is a lot different than when he and I played. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Kyle, do you have anything you want to say to our listeners? Um, uh, let's see. What would I possibly say? <laughs> I would have two things to say since I have the opportunity to do it. I'd ask you to go and look at um, something called um, PatriotHall.org, something my wife and I are working yeah. on. Wait, can you say that again? Patriot. PatriotHall.org. Patriot Fall. No, pa Patriots Hall. Patriots Hall. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's all about veterans and we're we're real proud. My wife's done all the work on it. Amazing. I'm so proud of her. But the other thing, the other thing I guess I'd say is, and then I'll just hang up the phone if that's all right. Sure. I'll say, 
Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Thank you, buddy. Can't lose. Wow. Thanks, Awesome. I'll call, back. I'll call you back, buddy. All right. See you later. Hey, good, good luck. Good luck with all your medical stuff. Oh, really, thank truly. you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Have a great one. Thank hey, you. I'll, I'll call you back. Hopefully, call we'll you back talk soon. Time. Okay. See you. Thanks, bud. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> was kind of awesome. Wasn't it? Wow. Oh my goodness. That just made my day. I possibly made my life. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, yep. I'm glad, hey, yeah, that's cool. That's Think, amazing. Cool things happen, well, happen sometimes. Seriously. Hey, it's Buddy. Buddy makes things happen, baby. Hey. What can I tell you? Clearly, you are just our golden, yeah, our little golden <laughs> apple. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we yeah. just we can wrap right. this up. We've just got like um, our our last couple of questions. Monica, you want to take sure. it? Sure. Um, yeah. So, just why don't you tell us about your upcoming project? Oh, here we go. We're back. He's shifting to Panthers now. We're back, so we're gonna have to end being a Panther because that's how it ends, right? That's right. That's right. So I'm back. Exactly. To Perfect. Although you realize Buddy never wore a hat ever during the entire series. I've ever. noticed that before. Yeah. Did, That's did you true. Yes. I didn't even think. He never, he doesn't wear that much Panther gear. Now that I think about it. No, not, not that often. He's just, he, just his ring. ring. His ring. Yeah. Okay. So now yeah. Just, yeah. Tell us, yep, pl yep. plug all the, all the stuff you've been working on and what yes. you've got coming out soon. Well, I do have a, a picture I'm very excited about called Land. Land. Just simply Land. And it's with Robin yeah. Wright and, of all people, Kim Dickens, who played Saracen's mother. Okay. You know her. You've seen her in a million times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so wonderful to see yeah, her. We yeah. shot it in Canada. And it's the story of a woman who has an incredible journey all alone. And I play an old man who, an old cowboy type character who lives up in the mountains and, and sells her this property, this land. And, um, and, and so getting, getting to work with Robin Wright was oh, amazing. Insane. You can imagine, you know, to think of her as the princess bride as, oh, yeah. as June from Forrest Gump. And then, you know, most recently, yeah. you know, the president Icon. of the United States in that show. <laughs> She's incredible. <laughs> right. Very Claire tall. Underwood. Yeah. Elegant, strong, powerful, you know, just a, a presence of a woman. And she was just like Jenny, just the sweetest, cutest. Yeah, just amazing. Five, four, I don't know, tiny, <laughs> tiny little, tiny. And so I had a wonderful time, you know, privileged to work with her and her crew. It's her, it's her directorial debut. Oh, cool. And, uh, and so that feature will come out. I'm sure they're oh, holding cool. it until it can get out in the theater. Sure. Well, we'll we will I'm, make sure and plug it. Know. It'll come out, and then the other one that's coming out soon is uh, is called uh, the the Orphan Train, which we shot up in uh, Pagosa Springs and um, and Durango, and that is the story, the true story. Uh, during the Civil War, there were orphan trains that that took all of the orphan children from the Civil War and found families for them across the United States by taking them on trains and and finding oh, wow. families, farm families, and people to adopt the children that that had oh, been wow. left behind. That's a cool story, a true story, and okay. that comes out yeah. uh, very soon too. So um, awesome! Those are the things that are coming, and awesome. And uh, the, the ones that I'm about to work on uh, are yet yet to be seen. The protocol is is very different right now, of course, with COVID. It's oh very yeah. Hard to shoot. And it's it's <laughs> yep. going to be a while, I think, before everything cranks back up. Yeah. But everybody's trying to shoot yeah. right now, and they're trying to find ways, yep. trying to find pop little uh, little bubbles. like uh, bubbles of time. <laughs> 
you know, pockets of, of places where where people can be, and then you know, it's the, our protocol is actually even worse than than the pro athletes. Everybody's you know, it's being checked three times a week, cast Gosh. and crew. You shut down if anybody shows up positive. It's it's a nightmare. Hopefully this will end soon, yeah. and mm-hmm. we can all back go back to entertainment, yes. which uh, is what you know, we love. Having, having theater and film <laughs> and television and sports mm-hmm. shut off. You know, that's our main export from the United States. Yeah. People forget. Absolutely. We, yeah. For the world. And here we are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, 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 it's hard. We'll come back. We'll come back with a vengeance. And yes, there'll probably be some insanely great art created. I bet. And a lot of great independence. I mean, yeah. people right now doing it on a shoestring. They're doing independence. And yeah, and they uh, work. Look, look how independence work. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, look at what we're doing in the middle of quarantine. <laughs> Right. I mean, we're, yeah. doing it, right? we're doing what we have to do. Absolutely. Doing it. Well, I'm close. I, I got 50% power left. I think yeah, my I, phone is time to do that, to That's me. all right. I think we're ready to wrap up. You guys, I, I love y'all. Thank oh, you thank so you. much. We love you too. This has been amazing. We love you, Brad. Yeah. Yes. It's a good well, I hope we have a good show. I think we have a good show from this. We'll, oh, I we'll think so too. Things they don't know, right? Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. Oh, a ton. Oh, yeah. We do need to take a quick photo real quick. I'll take a photo of us. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to smile. Here we go. Great. Got it. Got it. Is that good? Perfect. Yeah, Yeah, it's good. We'll send any of those pictures, Brad, um, that you want to send us. Feel free to just uh, either text or email um, and we can include them uh, when we post this. Oh yeah, I can I can give photo credit to our NBC photographer for sure, and you guys can post up some of these. These are these are great. Yeah, absolutely. From all over the place, and so since two presidents awesome. have said it, since Kyle said it, I'll say it, and then I'll end it with one more. All right, let's hear it with full all Texas right. accent. Yo, yeah, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Love and it. Amen. Love it. Texas. Amen. Forever. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brad. We're probably going to stay on, so you can go ahead and hop off. See ya. See ya. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All my friends were vampires. Didn't know they were vampires. Turns out I was a vampire myself in the devil town.